Hello and welcome to Dad Daughter Dialogues, an opportunity to lift up me and my dad's relationship through discussion about politics, current events, and whatever else we can think of. We hope this will inspire you to share and chat more with your dad, be it your biological father, grandfather, stepfather, like a father, or any other variation. I am your co-host, Aisha DeBerry, and I am here with my dad, the co-host, the other one that is, Roy DeBerry. Here, here. And Happy New Year to everybody. We're just pleased to be back with you all. It's been a month or so since we've been able to reach our listeners out there. So we are really happy to be back. I'm happy that Aisha is here visiting with us from Georgia. And we'll talk about Georgia later. But we're also happy to have uh, Ruby DeBerry, also known as Tita, mm-hmm. back with us. I think y'all heard from her before when we talked about the uh, surgery that Aisha had back when she donated a kidney. Uh, and so we are happy to have her back tonight. We're going to talk about an issue, mm-hmm. an issue that I think should be of concern to everyone, particularly folk in the uh, baby boomer generation and above. Yes, that's right. So let's get started. This is the love. This is the love. This is the love that makes me strong. This is the love that makes me strong. Yeah, this is so, like as Dad mentioned, we're still in COVID. But the silver lining is there are vaccines that are going out and there's different tiers of the vaccines. But right now, the first tier is for those who are essential and frontline workers and those who are 75, not that I'm trying to give mom and dad's age away, but 75 and older. Um, So I just wanted for those that are listening out that may not be able to get the vaccine right now, but will be able to get it later to just get some commentary and some testimony from two people, my parents who've taken the vaccine. So first, mom, tell me a little bit about how you're feeling, how the process was. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, getting the vaccine. Well, getting the vaccine was pretty simple. Or was it? that long of a wait. I think we, I might have had to wait in line for 10 minutes, but actually the injection did not hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I did, there was some noticeable changes in the way I felt the second, well, the first day after yeah. uh, the vaccine. It was a little fatigueness, which they also informed me that that might happen. And it did, and there were many other side effects, things they asked you to look out for, which I didn't experience any of that but their the fatigueness I did and then the other thing I've not I did notice it was a slight um let's say things taste different mm-hmm. or or it had to be highly seasoned for me to really appreciate it but other than that nothing that wasn't manageable or that would prevent me from not taking it in the event I had to take it again that I wouldn't do it yeah do you um feel like when you took it that your body changed at all? Like, did you sleep more? Were you fatigued? Any soreness in your arm? The soreness in the arm lasted one day, but I think that's kind of normal when you have an injection. You have a little soreness in the arm. Yeah. Or sleep. Now, that was interesting because I'm usually 
up and at it like about five o'clock in the morning. And I noticed I'm sleeping to 6.30 and seven. So that's kind of out of character for me. But the energy level came back because today I, I did my two miles in my normal time. And that is with, let's see, no, I think I was a little, a little bit over my normal time today. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, it didn't affect my walking or my speed. That's good. I mean, so, I mean, that's good news to report. I know there was something too, like, do you have to um, report? And maybe dad has an answer to this question. You have to report. Are you all reporting to the CDC how you're feeling every day? Yes. uh, They gave us a a survey form to fill out after we had taken a shot. And I'll talk a little bit more about it, but essentially attached to CDC where they want to monitor to see how people that have taken a vaccine feel afterwards. So I think this is the fourth day that we've been requested to fill out a little survey mm-hmm. of how we feel. Today was the first time we actually asked to, for us to take our actual temperature. Yeah. Or they just asked whether or not we felt feverish. Mm-hmm. And today we took hers and I took mine and hers was uh, normal and mm-hmm. uh, mine was normal. So Ma, would you say that if, if someone's out there that's nervous about doing it, what advice would you give them? Well, it's kind of hard to go on one person's experience because everybody's body is going to be different. So something that didn't affect me, I can't necessarily say that you wouldn't have those uh, side effects. Because my uh, friend's husband had all of them, mm. which was really strange. I mean, everything that was listed, I think the list went fever, yeah. fatigue, uh, chills, dizziness, uh. stomach diarrhea and he had all of the symptoms so mm. but I would encourage people to take it because basically what happened to me Roy didn't have any reaction at all he just said this business is normal for him so I would encourage you to really take it okay I mean the side effects far greater or less than the opposite of it but we can sell you don't get any virus I would encourage and which which one did you take? Which which one? I know they had Moderna, Pfizer. I had, we had Moderna. Okay, so you all just took the first part at yeah. this point. Okay, we'll do for the second part February fifth. So you have to wait twenty eight days to get your second injection. Okay. However, there did someone the doctor that we talked to or the doctor we listened to yesterday said that sometimes the second dose that you get more the side effects than you do from the first dose. Okay. But I can't say anything about that because I haven't had the second dose. Well, for those yet, you know, who have not taken it, no, that was that was helpful, Mom, just to give some um, context for people that may be nervous about taking it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think if you've had the flu shot, then several people have reaction from the flu vaccine. That's true. So I don't think it could be. I think it, the risk is, is okay. You're, you'll be okay. Yeah, that's some good advice. I will say that in terms of a little context here, uh, even though uh, Mississippi didn't start to uh, administer the vaccine for people 65 and older until this week, uh, and I think now it's going to be 65 plus other people younger with uh, underlying conditions, we were able to get on board a little bit earlier because I'm not 75, obviously, but we were able to get on board a little bit earlier because I work with a mental health center and yeah. we got the vaccine 
And one of the things I said to my executive director was, I didn't want us to jump in front of anybody that was slated to have it. And she indicated that that was not the case, that in her case, there had been some people who opt not to take it and they not don't have any legal rights to require people to, at this point in time, because it's a government agency yeah. as opposed to the private sector, which could require it. So that's how we were able to, to get in. The other thing, I guess, and adding to what, what uh, Ruby has said, and that was that after we had taken the vaccine, we were required, obviously, to uh, to uh, wait for 20 minutes or so to see whether or not there would be some kind of allergic reaction. Yeah. And it wasn't. Now, in terms of me, um, I was fortunate. I had a little bit of soreness in my arm, but it wasn't even comparable to the flu shot that mm -hmm. I took back in October, which did, uh, my arm stayed sore probably at least 24 hours, where in this case, I had very little soreness and it lasted less than a few hours. Mm. So in this case, I was very fortunate. So again, I would do the same thing that Ruby just said, and that is to recommend that people make the choice. Yeah. But if the option is that you it's available, you all take it. And I think in my case, uh, the benefits far outweigh the risk, but that's for every person to decide right. for them herself. But we obviously are not going to get ahead of this thing until we get the vaccine because we clearly got some uh, people out there who still want to do their own thing. And, and therefore, then uh, the virus may be, the vaccine may be the only way out of this pandemic. Right. Amazingly enough, with the group, with our group that took there were more men than women. I mm. get over there. You heard it here first. More men were taking it, listeners. So, well, at least the group we were with. with the oh, with the group yeah. we were with. Oh, with. Yeah. oh. There were and they were coming, you know, at different points. And off the board members that we had, we have seven that serve on my board. Uh -huh. uh, all seven were given the opportunity to take the vaccine, only one of the seven chose not to, mm -hmm. but everybody else, particularly the lady who was a cancer survivor, yeah. she was the first in line and she wanted to make sure that she uh, had the vaccine and took the vaccine. So again, let me just say to those people out there who may have underlying conditions, please strongly consider taking the vaccine. Well, like you said, I, you know, we wanted to just at least have a public service announcement about the vaccine, give you all updates. Um, you know, we talk a lot about different subjects, but this is what's really popular right now in 2021. So if you have, like you all said, if you have the wherewithal and you've done your research and I figure you and dad have done your research, then you should get the vaccine. You heard it here first. You're here. The vaccine. It's nothing that's going to send you to the emergency room. <laughs> Trust me. You'll feel fine. A couple of days. All right. Thanks, mom. No days off from work. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Dad. Well, we are live. So on Facebook, we were just talking about, of course, um, the vaccine and how you and mom got the vaccine this past week and how you're feeling about it. So I know you had already talked a little bit about, um, you know, how you felt and how you were doing. But is there anything else you want to mention about taking the vaccine? No, I just, again, uh, want to uh, impressive on people, particularly people uh, that's of a certain age, because we know now that data clearly say, at least in Mississippi, that folk that are actually um, been exposed more rapidly are young people. Mm -hmm. But and but the people that have 
bore the blunt of this thing in terms of death have been older people. Yeah. And particularly people in nursing homes. And that's another thing, too. I'm just so really overjoyed by the fact that now we have a vaccine for people in nursing homes and yeah. veteran homes because those people um, um, didn't have any control. I will say just in terms of a personal note, why it's so important that my uh, second cousin, um, I don't give a name, but passed away from COVID yeah. just two weeks ago. And in this case, all not only she was uh, contacted COVID, even though she was home, but all members of her family, uh, her mother, her father, her two brothers, and her daughter, and maybe a one or two more, all contracted it. Yeah. However, I will report out that so far, she's the only one that, that passed away. And in the case of, of her daughter, we had the thing on mental health mm-hmm. before. Uh, she's really upset at this point because she worked in a school system, was out and about all the time, and it was felt that she may have brought it home yeah. to her mother, and then it was spread too, because it's a very close-knit family, and they take care of each other. They've been caregivers for a father ever since he came down with Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's uh, back in 2012. And so I just want to point out that for those people out there who might not think it's serious, I think at this point in time, we all have had family members exposed, family members to come up positive and family members to die. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of wondering if, in fact, had she been able to take that vaccine a month ago, yeah. whether that could be a different outcome. I don't know. Yeah, We'll never know. But it's serious, folk. And... Uh, Folk are still catching it, the virus, still dying from the virus all over this country. Yeah. And uh, it says it's clear to me that some people may not practice those other things, like wearing a face mask and social distancing and other things, washing their hands. The vaccine may be, other than God, may be the only way out of this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it, for those that are, are tuning in on Dad's Facebook Live, because I'm here in Mississippi, we were just talking about the vaccine and and the the positives that come from it. So, you know, to, to speak to that in terms of politics, you know, Georgia turned blue. Yes, indeed. Georgia turned blue. Georgia turned blue. Well, at least it's Woo! purple. Yeah, yeah it's purple. Yeah. I like to say Georgia turned blue and they're wearing red underwear. Right. <laughs> By the way, we'll be uh, it'll be it'll be blue when we get to legislature when you get to legislature. <laughs> right, that's true. That is true. But Reverend Warnock and John Alsop will be two blue senators and Democratic senators headed to the Capitol to represent the state of Georgia. Yeah, I'm just so I'm very proud of Georgia. I'm very proud of the people in Georgia. And I'm also very proud of those people, those elected officials at the local level, uh, who counted those ballots not once, not yes. twice, but three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we all agree now that the whole country did a good job. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in, in history that we've had so many people to vote Yeah, at that rate. But also the fact that it happened during a, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And for those people to come back in a runoff and vote the way they did showed me just how important the vote is. Yes. But also I want to say a shout out to the, the black women voters in Georgia, as well as other people in Georgia, but that took the lead under the leadership of Stacey Abr- Abrams mm-hmm. and her organization and others who mobilized people years ago 
to come back now and see this outcome. Yeah, proud of Georgia. No one changed Georgia, but is uh, changed the Congress. Yeah. It's particularly the Senate. And we're going to talk about some issues later that would not even be on the radar had not Georgia been able to elect those two, two senators it's the first time since Reconstruction. Uh, and I hope that we watch what happened in the last Reconstruction. Yeah. So we don't repeat. So what happened in the last Reconstruction? Well, you know, a number of, of Mississippi, as you know, elected the first two black senators. Yes. In the country. And then it moved uh, during the 1880s to reintroduce old Jim Crow and white supremacy came on about and and uh, pretty much they took back over by violence. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that as we look at 2021, uh, 2020, 2021, we sort of see history in a very different way being re- repeated. I, mm-hmm. But I think this time, hopefully, with the country at a different place, we won't allow these forces of evil and forces of, uh, of retrenchment to retake. Because, you know, one of the things you saw there yesterday or Wednesday, I should say, in the Capitol, you saw that guy with that big Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've often said to people, the North, think it won the Civil War, but in many ways, the South <laughs> won the Civil War. Because for the last uh, so many years, we've had this sort of lost cause thing mm-hmm. that people don't want to give up. And we saw another display of that in the Capitol. But again, I think we have a country strong enough. And I believe this Democratic Republic, even though it's been tested, mm-hmm. it's been tested before, uh, it's been tested again. I think we will we will survive this this uh, insurrection or this rebellion. Or we'll survive this, these domestic terrorists as well. Yeah. And I mean, what, what dad is talking about, for those who may be listening, not in the United States, Georgia turned blue and I was actually driving from Atlanta to Mississippi because I knew that my parents were going to get the vaccine on the upcoming Friday. And as I was driving down, I called a friend of mine, Helen, who's on Facebook, one of my law school friends. And and I said, well, have they announced the Ossoff, you know, the official announcement that he won the campaign? That's what I was calling her for. And she said, yeah, they announced that. But there's also people protesting the Capitol. And I was like, who's protesting the Capitol? And she said, girl, they're walking into the Capitol. And I thought, who's walking into the Capitol? And she said, it is a lot of people. They are just walking in, walking around, taking pictures as if they're on a tour. But they are going into the offices. They're going into the Senate and House floor. So I didn't get a chance to witness any of some of the things that you all may have seen. But that just back up and tell us a little bit about what happened. Well, it's amazing. I I was uh, I sort of took a break. After it sort of started, mm-hmm. but then Bob Jones, a friend of mine in Boston, he we've had him on. Yeah, he we watched it the whole thing, and my understanding is that uh, Trump had been inviting people, you know, for weeks to come to the Capitol, and apparently he gave a speech in front of the White House mm-hmm. and implored and incited his people to go over to the Capitol and pretty much take over, mm-hmm. which is what they did. I mean, you saw later, and uh, he he was saying in real time, folk come in with flagpoles and using the barricades to break down doors and mm. climb up the walls. It was just complete bedlam. And um, it, was, uh, it was a mob. Yeah. Uh, we know now that a number of people died, uh, including a lady that was shot and another police officer who was uh, crushed and killed. Yeah. Uh, so five people have lost their lives. So there's no question that this was major insurrection, mm. or in my case, I'm, I'm saying a, a domestic terrorist act. 
because there are people now, and of course, I understand the FBI and others are investigating fully. Uh, my concern, again, though, is why, uh, given the fact this is, is capital, mm-hmm. and given the fact that you get war- got warnings about uh, this thing, why would you allow this thing to be left up to just the Capitol Police? Right. Which is, as your mom says, is just a security guard. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I think a lot of people were confused about. They were wondering why wasn't, you know, why weren't the police officers shooting back? Why weren't there more police officers? And I think people need to understand why that even happened. Well, the other thing about the shooting part, I think these people, as we've seen with folk taking pictures with the, with the uh, mobsters, right. that this is a privileged thing. Uh, I think that you will see that you saw the difference there with Black Lives Matter March in D.C., where you had the guard and everybody else out in full force, mm-hmm. tear gas used, and all kinds of force. Uh, in this case, these were, quote-unquote, patriots, not traitors, mm. who were coming to march on the Capitol, and people went, in some cases, blink, blink. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I think by the time they figured out it was not okay, then the thing was being stormed down. The danger, though, was that they were inside that capital. Right. And anybody that knows anything about mob behavior knows that whether you have people in leadership position, I think there were some, but there were clearly some just, just mob. Right. And when you're with a mob, anything can happen, like people could be killed. Right. And those representatives, uh, including Pence, mm-hmm. because we know now from the video that people uh, threatened the vice president. Mm-hmm. Threatened the speaker, went into the speaker's office, yes. demolished the office, stole stuff. Mm-hmm. Sold it on up, eBay. Put it on eBay. So these were two pictures, selfies. Yeah. So these were the people that felt they were doing the right thing. They were they were enabled. The commander in chief in that rally pretty much excited them to go right over and just take over. I think the point that, yeah, was so upsetting is that we know if it was the reverse, meaning if it was a Black Lives Matter situation or a protest quote unquote that there would have been bloodshed and i think that's that's this another sad piece to all of this and to see that privilege play out in front of us upon hours upon hours on that day really was traumatizing to be quite honest um as a as a black woman i mean that was that was really traumatizing to watch because we speak to this work all the time about the inequity but to just visually see it yet again amongst all the other things that we've seen from the summer until now um, was a lot for to take in. And I must say that my good Republican friends got to get out of this notion about the fact that, you know, leaving it up to the Democrats to do this and that. They have a responsibility as American. Mm-hmm. They got elected by the people. They swore oath to the Constitution. Yeah. And when you take that oath, you take that oath to the Constitution, not to one man. Yeah. And to the extent that you're willing to sacrifice your country to be loyal to one man, to me means that you have you have jeopardized, you have abdicated your responsibility. Right. Because you swore an oath to the Constitution. And you have to see now, because you were there, mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that we know now, and because some of the people now have tested positive for, the, for, for, for covid 19, when they were all there together and they were sent to these rooms, there were certain Republicans, for whatever reason, decided not to wear a mask. And yeah. they talk about the fact that they have rights. All right, you have rights, but you don't have the right to kill somebody else. You don't have the right to uh, to put my life in jeopardy because right. you want to act crazy. 
Now, if you want to act crazy on your own in your own house, <laughs> right. I feel somewhere that's fine. But when you put my life in jeopardy, then I, got a, pro- I got a problem with that. Yeah. You know, and some of these people did that. And yet uh, they, they justified in terms of the First Amendment free speech. You don't have a right. To, I'm not a lawyer, but you don't have a right to say fire in a crowded theater. Right. You have a right to do a lot of things. Right. Uh, as a woman said, when you go into the airport, there are these <laughs> people that, you know, I'm in the South and people have guns all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the airport, if I got a gun, <laughs> Well, first of all, you're going to go through security. security right. And That's you got a gun, they're going to take it. Right. Period. Right. So I don't know why these people feel that they can come into the Capitol as they did today. And and the, and the Capitol Police asked them to be searched. And then uh, this one woman apparently said she's not going to do it. And these other people yeah. decided to get around her and, 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 and carry on the nonsense. Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking to that... First Amendment that you were talking about in regards to the protesting. I know they we talked about this before when you and others took over for Hall at Brandeis, and that in itself was a protest. So yeah. that was your exercise of free speech. What was the difference? Yeah, well, the difference was, in my judgment, first of all, there was no violence involved. Yeah. And secondly, we were already students at Brandeis, mm-hmm. and we were in the building, and we just stayed there. Mm-hmm. So and even though that was dangerous, because there was some discussion about the, the police being called in, mm-hmm. but Brandeis, to its uh, credit, did not do that. But clearly, that was protest. But it was protest that was not violent, and it was uh, protest that did not do any harm to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, clearly, people have died. Yeah. In this case, clearly, property was broken right. and stolen. Yeah. Right. And sold. And, and sold. <laughs> Uh, and, and with respect to the civil rights movement, which I had been a part of as a young person, nonviolence was what people did. Mm-hmm. Even people that believed in the Second Amendment, yeah, uh, because they went along with the philosophy of nonviolence, when they went to a march, they knew not to engage in violence. And, and for the most part, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, in this case, there were people who came there with bombs. Yeah. Now, if you take a bomb to a public place, I believe you have to magician. <laughs> right. Uh, that doing bomb something right. right. Doing we just saw wrong. an example of that in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Where you cannot take this stuff for granted. If somebody's around making bombs, right. Somehow I'll be taking a look at that, right? <laughs> right. I, it seems to me that the police department, the FBI, or somebody, I I got to believe that if I'm out there in my shop right. making some bombs, somebody's going <laughs> to somebody say something. Somebody's going to say something, right? right. So this notion that you can come to a a <laughs> capital, United States capital, and be close with bombs, or be inside the capital because DC got their own gun laws, mm-hmm. and you you know you got to know that before you come to DC. Yeah, you got to be in violation again of that city's gun laws, independent of your uh, Second Amendment rights, and independent of your belief that you should carry it all the time. Yeah. So there's just a lot of contradictions here. Right. Uh, and there are these people that say. They believe in states' rights, and I know we're not talking about this, but these right. people who want to overthrow somebody else's was, election. Right. And by the way, I just wrote my congressman to to express my views about the fact that Mississippi, of all places, <laughs> that believes in states' rights, got the nerve. And this uh, this uh, uh, this attorney general here. Yeah. Got the nerve to first of all try to get the thing overturned, and then secondly got the nerve to go to Washington and say no to some other state. Right. You run your own state. 
you take it to get your own, own business, business right and you let other states the people in other states express their own will right. to me that's clear yeah and i think you know just to segue into that speaking of folks getting into other business that's not their business and also doing things that are not morally or legally right i think georgia handled that georgia said so there are some things that have gone on that we are tired of and we are sick of as in, in particular to voter suppression that we are going to take care of. And we did not only save Georgia, but we saved the entire country in I, terms of some folks that are now in the House and Senate or that will be in the House and Senate. I think you're right. I, again, Georgia is just uh, just made. Uh, I, I just I, I'm just so impressed with Georgia and the people of Georgia and how they conducted their business. I was a county administrator, as you know, for eight or nine years, and I used to be over involved with the election process in Hines County, which is the largest county in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And that's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work to conduct an election. It's yeah. hard work to oversee that election is going to be fair. Yeah. It's hard work to make sure those ballots are secure. It's mm -hmm. hard work to then count those ballots. And then if you have a situation where that thing is contested, mm -hmm. and then you have to do a recount. Yeah. And then in the case of Georgia, they counted five million plus votes by hand. Mm. That's that is else. incredible. Yeah. I have never yeah. in my life know of any place mm. where people have counted 5,000 votes except maybe five million. I'm sorry, five million votes, yeah. uh, except in some place where they don't have the technology that we have in the United States of America. So, again, I'm just very impressed with this, uh, with the uh, with the state. Now, those people that uh, want to be too complimentary of the Secretary of State uh, and the governor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just want to just say my little piece here. Um, I think the Secretary of State did his job. Yeah. yeah. But those rules, they put together, they made those rules. <laughs> so, so it seems to me. I was trying to compliment the Secretary of State. They were like, don't, don't be too complimentary. But, but it seems to me that he has a, he has a duty to, 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 to obey That's the law. True. Again, I will say though, that he did show some, how can I say, some courage yeah. in standing up to Trump mm -hmm. when uh, the president of these <laughs> United States makes a phone call, and I understand with more than one, Jeez, asking somebody to give him almost 12,000 votes or find a way to get 12,000 votes. Right, you all heard that call. And at the same time saying that, that the two I understand they did a thing about who dead people voting. Right. And I think it was two, and they were probably Republican. Uh, I, I have to. I, I'm not I'm not trying to be a uh, partisan here, folks. But but if you're gonna ask for 12,000 votes, why are you concerned about two thousand? Why are you concerned about two dead people voting? <laughs> anyway, we'll move on because I mean some of this stuff is if it weren't if it weren't so serious, it would be it would be uh laughable. Yeah, it, that that is true. That's what you have to do is laugh. And I think that's what is important <laughs> to have the balance. We know that there was some, you know, um, crazy things for those that have been living in this century that we saw in, at the Capitol. But there also have been some really good things. Absolutely. And so absolutely. I think it's really good for us to keep that at the forefront yeah, and absolutely. also realize like we talk about that, you know, democracy is fragile. But to get to your point, we had talked about this earlier that, you know, a lot of people said, you know, when they saw the insurrection happen, this is not America. This is not who we are. But this is who we are. Yes. And so you want to speak a little bit to yeah, that? When you yeah, hear? We, we hear it all the time. People from the press and talking heads and, and people of goodwill. I think yeah. they say that statement. 
But they, I, I have spent a little time trying to understand history. We are not as innocent as we let on. Yeah. America it, it did put together a document called the Constitution that I'm very impressed with. But we did have something called slavery. Right. And we did have something called the Civil War. And we did have something called Reconstruction, which, as we know the history of that, we did have something called Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. And white supremacy has been with us. We talked about Nazi Germany. We talked about South Africa. We talked about India. We talked about that caste system Mm -hmm. uh, with Wilkinson book on one of our episodes. And if you go back and look at that history, you'll see that there are some things that are not so so good. Yeah. I think one of the things that the founders understood, particularly people like Madison and Jefferson and others that, and Lincoln, that America, you have the good angels and you have the devils. Mm -hmm. And you want to document because that document is the way to protect us from the devils. Yeah. And, but there've been periods in our history when that old devil came to the surface. Right. And the angels had disappeared. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the Constitution is a document that has given us the opportunity to always look for those better angels, mm-hmm. right? And I think that has sustained us, and I think that's what's going to sustain us in the future, that it is a darn good document. Yeah. Although people, because they are not always angels, right? as we saw recently with the domestic <laughs> terrorists, they'll do some dangerous things. Yeah. But we also should hold people account Mm-hmm. When they do do these things that are not angelic, mm-hmm. like after the Civil War, although I appreciate what Lincoln was trying to do with Malastar towards none, mm-hmm. you also have to hold people accountable. Right. And one of the things that Southerners were not held accountable for what they did. Right. And then they were able to recover mm-hmm. and put together these monuments, come up with the flag and all that stuff. And the same thing with these people now. When you do that sort of thing, you need to be held accountable. Right. The justice system should operate. They right. should be, you know, brought to justice and held accountable. Because if you don't hold people accountable, how you move forward? Shortly, I yeah. say that because you mentioned the term about they say that's not America, America. or mm-hmm. or the other thing they'll say we need to heal. Yeah. But see, I'm also I take the position you have to first admit right that you have a disease <laughs> right to and heal. First, admit that you are to be held accountable. Yeah. Then after that takes place, then you can proceed to heal. Right. But if I do you harm mm-hmm. and never admit that I wrong you, then it's going to be hard for us to heal. Right. So the same thing with our country. Until we admit that there have been some wrong done, yeah. we can't move forward and we can't heal. So the same thing with this impeachment thing. Like there are people that say, even in the Congress, particularly among my good Republicans, Mm-hmm. They'll say, well, why don't we just move on? He only yeah. got a few more days in office. And in a few days, we'll have a new administration. No. No. The, the Congress has a responsibility. Yes. In this case, an insurrection has occurred. Yeah. To hold the president accountable. And one thing they do have is the right to impeach him, which is a political act. Yeah. It's up to the Senate to convict. And who knows what Mitch McConnell may do now, given the fact that he's no longer in power, primarily because of Georgia. Right. And it may be. Uh, but then there's something called the 14th Amendment, mm-hmm. which means that uh, if you engage in something that's insurrection, you may not be able to hold office again. Yeah. yeah. So either way, I think uh, the, the message should be clear. You should be held accountable. No person is above the law, right. even the president of the United States. And I had a problem with Bill Barr before he left as attorney general mm-hmm. because he seemed to imply 
that the president is above the law. Yeah. And I mean, that just speaks to, like you said, speaks to America not holding people accountable. And so it, we, we're at the point now where that needs to happen. We it, need to start holding people accountable. At every level. And if you don't, you lose legitimacy. Yeah. If a little person out there on the street goes into a grocery store and shoplift, he's going to be arrested. Right. And more likely tried, in some cases, sent to prison. Right. You can go active with a little, a little bit of drugs. Mm-hmm. You're going to be tried and convicted to go to prison. Right. There are all kinds of things that the average person uh, all kinds of little crime and acts of whatever they do, and they serve time, and these other folk can commit all these crazy things, right? And not be held accountable. And things that affect so many people. So many people. So many people. In a in a in a, in a democratic republic, in order to maintain uh, legitimacy, the people must believe that we all operate under the same law. Right. And if it gets to the point where we don't feel that way, we are in a dictatorship. Right. Absolutely. So. Tread lightly. Everyone stay awake. As we talked about on many of our other podcasts, be a part of this process, just like what dad mentioned in regards to even just sending his own, um, was it your, your senator representative, a letter or yeah. a note? Stay active. If this hasn't shown you anything of what we've been doing, whether it was Georgia turning blue or the insurrection, stay active because we could go either way. This thing, this whole democracy thing is an ideal. It's an idea. It's a document. So it's up to us as people to keep it clean. Yeah, yeah but there's, <laughs> keep there's the an, milk clean. Yeah, absolutely. That's another point that you mentioned. And I think about that uh, accountability thing. And that is when you get elected president, even though everybody may not elect you president, you got to be president of all the people. Yeah. And one of the things that I hope Biden will do, he said he's going to do it, even though some of Trump supporters did not vote for him. But once mm-hmm. he becomes president, he's the president of those people who voted for him yeah. and those people who voted for Trump. But if you notice the way that this current administration has operated, it's always talked about the base. Yeah, It's always talked about only the people who voted for him. It never gave any credence to those people who voted for Clinton, yeah. who are still American, right? Yeah. You can't do that and be effective as a president, as a leader yeah. of a country. You've got to put that behind you and say the election is over. Uh, we're going to hold people accountable. And then we move forward to represent all the people in this in this country. That's the only way we can re-energize ourselves and get respect, yeah. not only among American people, but young people like you and all these people across the world who have been watching us very closely. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, it's the beginning of 2021. If I had a crystal ball, I wish I could tell you that COVID will be gone soon and that we'll have a smooth transition into our new presidency. But I guess we will see in terms of you listeners, we'll keep you updated as we go along in the beginning of 2021 and beyond. But dad, thank you as always, you know, for Well, well thank you. Uh, and again, uh, we always chat on this notion. I think we both remain optimistic. Yeah. Uh, the strength of a democratic republic is the fact that it can be tested and, and survive. Yeah. And I, I am a, I'm an optimist that because we have a, a sound document put together by flawed men, mm-hmm. but this document is so sound that it will survive this very violent storm as well. All right. Well, you heard it here first. And hopefully, hopefully listening to this, you're walking away with a little bit of optimism and um, for 2021. So thanks, Dad. Thank you, Alicia, and one love. And always remember to be safe and share love. 
If you would like to contact us, email daddaughterdialogues at gmail.com. That's daddaughterdialogues with an S at gmail.com. And let us know how we're doing, as well as what you'd like to hear us discuss. We are also now on Facebook at Dad Daughter Dialogues, so you can make a comment there too. If you go to the Facebook page, you'll notice that you can order some fabulous merchandise that is entitled Dad Daughter Dialogues. Feel free to go there, or you can choose to be a monthly subscriber on any of our podcast sites, be it Anchor, be it Spotify, uh, or anywhere else you can listen to a podcast. Your funds do help keep this podcast going. We appreciate you tuning in and ask that wherever you are, especially at this time, be and stay safe. Take the vaccine, please. <laughs> Bye. This Take care. This is the love. This is the love that makes me strong. This is the love that makes me strong. Yeah. This is the love. This is the love. This is the love that makes me strong. This is the love that makes me strong. Yeah. This is the love. This is the love. This is the love that makes me strong, yeah.